ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Schaefer's Market Mashup. It's been a while, friends. Over a month, I took the entire April off from the podcast world to get some much-needed R&R, but I am back, I'm rejuvenated, and I'm thrilled for this week's episode. Uh, it's a topic that has been buzzing, I feel like, in the investing world for a long time, so I'm thrilled to have some experts here unpack it all for you all. Please welcome Ariane Adams, Head of Derivatives and Global Client Services at SIBO. Ariane, how's it going? Great. Patrick, it's great to be with you today. And I also have Dave Harrop, Portfolio Manager at NORCAP Investment Management and fellow Connecticut person that I just found out before the episode. David, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Great. So before we jump into this, you know, we're, we're going to talk about weekly options. And I pulled some stats from SIBO's website. Uh, I think that were just released in the last week. April volume was at 26.9 million uh, you know, weekly options volume, which is a record high. That comes out to an average daily volume of 1.3 mil. So this is a topic on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Hopefully it articulates a lot of things that in retail traders are looking to find, you know, looking to learn more about. I even saw Forbes put out an article they called weekly options trading the scalpel of the investing world, which I, I love that analogy. Um, approximately 40% of total U.S. options volume last year were in short dated contracts. That's double the level traded in 2017, which was five years ago. Uh, and so we're talking about specifically options expiring within five days or less of a trade date. So Ariane, I'll let you go here first and then Dave can take it. From your perspective, what's been driving this insane short term, this in- insane growth in short term options trading? Yeah, it, it really has been insane here, Patrick. Um, I think I'll touch upon two points. One, from a macro perspective, and then second, probably teeing up Dave pretty well, talk a little bit about the customer demand that we're seeing from an exchange perspective. But the prior first, um, you know, these volatile markets, I'm looking at the, the market today, SPOOs are off 130 points as we have this discussion. And that has been consistent that we've seen over the past couple of years. And that has led to investors really needing to have you know, more precise risk management tools for them to hedge trade intraday volatility or these intraday types of moves. And a lot of times we've seen investors turn to index ETF, the stat you just gave with regards to SPX options to meet their trading needs. So the second point, you know, thinking about the customer demand, um, the rise of the retail investors alongside the institutional investors have definitely contributed to the increase in these volumes that we've seen over the past few years. These retail investors and even institutional investors are tend to gravitate or think about um, buying options, often shorter dated options and less than to less than a month of expiry. And one of the attractions um, is really the ability to define your investment outcomes in a in a short period of time, a day or two even. Um, and you mentioned under five days. Um, we will give some stats later in terms of how short 
outdated the trading profiles we're seeing. But given these short term nature and short dated options, this allows traders to really make quick targeted responses to these movements, even intraday, um, um, by using a broad market or an underlying ETF or stock with greater flexibility and precision and the desire and the demand to utilize these shorter dated options has really taken off. So with regards to some of the statistics that you just mentioned, I'll dig a little bit deeper, um, but the rising demand for short dated options that are reflective in our S&P complex, SPX, is our, our index option. Um, and I'll give you stats with, with regards to our weekly options. Um, they're comprised of approximately 59% of weekly options um, of our total of our total option contracts. Excuse me, let me take a step back. Um, our weekly options accounted for 59% in 2019. And that's steadily increased that in now in 2020, 62% of our S&P uh, volume was weekly options. And then now, in, as we close 2021, 72% of our volume is a, is traded in a weekly contract. Wow. And that is um, reflective in some of the ADV that you gave. You started with 1.3. So in our SPX weekly ADV was 754,019, 759,000 in 2020, and 981 in 2021. So clearly we're seeing that increase in demand, desire from our customer base. But, um, you know, speaking and having David on the on the call here is he can he can talk to it firsthand. Um, yeah, so I uh, just want to you know state like you know these are my opinions and not that of NORCAP, so mm -hmm. just want that on the record. But um, yeah, so like what Ariane said, um, the weekly options has been a you know wonderful addition. Uh, they're always on the forefront of coming up with great ideas, um, especially if they knew that they're. Their customer base uh, needed this, wanted it. Um, it. It meets like a very unmet uh, area where you can be so precise on just your spreads on risk. Um, the duration in buckets, we now have tighter buckets. Like we, I remember back when I started, um, you know, they just had one expiration a month. And um, so a lot of people would, trade between the SIBO and uh, the Merck. The Merck had the S&P product, but it was an American option that expired at the end of the day. And we expired on the print Friday morning. And so we always had that exposure um, on that Friday of holding on to positions that we had spread off throughout the course of that month. And that last day we were exposed to market at the Merck if we couldn't zero out the position but by zeroing out the position you during that week you'd have to give up a lot of edge in order to pair off your risk so now with the introduction of weeklies and now weeklies every day um, you don't have to do that anymore because now we could have both options expiring at the same time uh, for NORCAP we now are super excited because we actually like our wheelhouse in bread and butter is like the first 90 days um, of uh, option expiry. So um, we love to just keep rolling the risk out every day now, and it just makes things so much easier for us. Um, 
I also think that uh, the weeklies were, um, again, I think just with more sophistication, when you get more people uh, aware of how powerful it is and how well you can use it to manage risk, um, that's why you're seeing like an increase in, in volume and interest in, in the weeklies. Mm-hmm. Both of you mentioned numerous times risk in hedging and that is so important now in this current broad market choppiness so Ariane, you can take this first again do you think that choppiness is going eventually going to scare off options traders or do you think instead that's going to make them double down and almost focus more on these shorter time frames this is a this is a great question patrick and it's one that you know we um, continue to monitor. And I think that the prior is probably more um, what we're seeing rather, excuse me, the, the latter is what we're seeing rather than the prior, meaning these market environments really has not scared off the retail and or institutional investors. I think that they've gotten smarter, more nimbler on a, how they're approaching the marketplace, um, whether that's um, reducing exposure in single stock names and increasing exposure in macro indices or ETFs mm-hmm. um, to protect portfolios tends to be some common themes you see when there's such a significant down day like we're experiencing today. So um, when you have these rapidly changing um, market conditions, rising rates, the UK war, things transpiring overnight from the US session, is when you start to see these types of um, trading patterns accelerate with regards to maybe more reliance upon index options. Furthermore, even digging a little bit deeper, you start to see that um, investors have really thought thoughtfully around the relationship between implied and realized volatility and times when implied vols have really traded under where they're realizing. That screams that the market or maybe that investment theory is is running a little bit cheap. And we've seen net buying or inflows where investors continue to look for value, value in that hedge or that that option contract to combat some of the or realize um, some outsized gains, not only in the marketplace, but in that volatility in that contract. Um, And now with the S&P clearly today, maybe even approaching year to date lows, owning short dated options um, has been attractive um, from owning a gamma perspective, given the existing market conditions and these intraday swings tends to accelerate that, um, that, that gamma position. And it, it increases the likelihood of large intraday moves and a better break even possibility. And that's where we've seen an acceleration in volumes and shorter dated contracts to capitalize on some of these um, differences between implied and realized as well as accelerating levels in gamma. So I think coming back to the original question, I think, you know, traders will continue to be nimble and opportunistic, but they remain active in the marketplace. Um, but no better to answer this question is obviously um, David, who's, who's actively involved in the market right now. Right. So, yeah. Um, thanks, Aaron. Uh The weekly, um, yeah, it's more of 
like Ariane was saying, that you can just target um, on a shorter duration um, and have that protection. Now, for us, um, it's very different than like a market making group that they they love to have. I mean, there was a time where we we hated expiration. We hated and that to even think about having an expiration every day of the week was it would be overwhelming. But again, we we've adapted. Uh, we've become nimble. We've become more educated on how powerful uh, having this kind of product out there is. Um, so yeah, uh, yesterday that uh, comes out. We all assume that if they did 50 basis points, um, you know, the market would most likely react positive to that. Um, knowing that 75 basis points was off the table, um, we anticipated. Obviously, we look at the VIX um, and we anticipate all to come off. Um, so you could have made bets on that day, like right after the Fed meeting. You can put on a, a structure while he's talking. And if you have a good feel for what direction you can put a, a, a bet on just for that day. Now, granted, if your bet's wrong, you're you're going to be out that premium that you laid to, to put on that structure. Um, but it's nice that there's so many people now that can play intraday every day on earnings, on the Fed, on any macro events. Um, and it's just a, a great way to hedge risk. I mean, if you have a, a stock that's coming out with earnings that evening and we didn't have an option the next day, and now we do. And you can protect your, your portfolio that way. So it's just, it's just the flexibility, the, the precision that you can put on bets without having to wait uh, several weeks for that bet to pay off is, is just a, a, an amazing thing. Um, and I think the more people are aware of it, the more interest and the, the, the you know the more volume we're going to see. So I mean, I'm surprised on how liquid these weeklies are. Even for us, we trade you know pretty big size, and um, they're, we're able to get our structures done for you know within a dime of where we thought theoretical value was. So it's it's great for us. Mm -hmm. I think you couldn't have picked a better two days. Uh, when you look at yesterday and today, uh, as far as the S&P's intraday moves to underscore the importance of these short-term options because it's th th this is example numbers A, B, and C right there uh, with, with their importance. But um, – so SIBO is, you know, you guys pioneered option, the short-term options trading in 2005 uh, with the market's first weekly expiring options, uh, SPX weeklies. So you have SIBO offers these weekly options that expire every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then, of course, the reason why we're here, you recently added new Tuesday expirations, and then you will be launching Thursday expirations on May 11th. What is, Ariane, you can take this first. What is the significance of these new Tuesday and Thursday options? And have you seen any insights from the initial trading volumes and activity? Yeah, no, that's great. It's, it's, it's been, uh, it has been a, a perfect timing. Um, I, you know, one would say maybe we're lucky or we just kind of hit the timing right with regards to adding these incremental or these additional expiries. But um, one can care to estimate or guess. I'll, I'll leave it to you. But that being said, 
you know, we just spent a, a tremendous amount of time talking about the macro environment, uh, the geopolitical concerns, the volatility in the marketplace. And then, you know, David spending, spending time talking about the customer demand, um, the precision he needs and desires to be able to really um, be successful and profit from his trading strategies. From an exchange perspective, those are out of our control. Um, you know, we, we, but we, but the most important part is we're listening. We're listening to what Dave has to say, what our customers have to say about wanting and desiring the ability to be more, have more precision around these trading strategies. So what did we do? Clearly, um, we think about how we can increase access or ease of access to the marketplace. And that went really into the decision of why we listed Tuesdays and about to list Thursdays next week. Um, and it was obvious in the data. It was obvious in, you know, and the, and the inbounds that we're receiving from customers that wanted to be a little bit more nimble in their trading strategies. So, um, you know, and it, and it was a natural step in the evolution of, you know, developing these products. Um, so I think you mentioned that, um, you know, we, we've talked about the demand when we announced these in 05 and that that has steadily grown. Um, and we really wanted to build upon um, the success um, to meet the growing customer demand. So when we get to next week, we will have an expiry every day um, for two straight weeks. We continue to get demand for people to say extend that profile, maybe not just two weeks, but maybe three weeks or four weeks. But um, stay tuned on whether or not we do that. I think it's time will tell. But um, there is inbound demand on on wanting to be a little bit more precise further out the curve, meaning out 30 days. So what are some of the insights we're seeing from what we did from um, launching the Tuesdays two weeks ago? It, it clearly was a smooth launch um, on April 18th. And we're st- we're seeing strong volumes early days. I know that Dave mentioned, you know, his execution quality. Um, we've had and we continue to speak strongly about our market quality, especially when we're seeing days like today um, that our that um, our liquidity providers are doing a tremendous job providing liquidity um, around the clock, um, and you know that 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 comes from ten plus liquidity providers that are there quoting daily um, on our behalf for the S&P product. Um, in the first week, the SPX Tuesdays traded over 900,000 contracts and growing, um, and more than 600,000 contracts were traded on the first Tuesday expiry, which was Tuesday, April 26th. Um, and the, a meaningful portion of those were, were traded on the day it expired, meaning that um, on April 22nd, that Tuesday con- that Tuesday contract expired. We were seeing a substantial amount of interest and demand for people to be trading that contract over the course of the day into expiry, just to be even more precise in capturing some of the intraday moves attributed to that da- that daily trading profile. So we don't have the kind of perfect clarity in terms of what customer positions look like. Um, but one thing we've been able to glean from this data set is that these higher volume days bring the occasional trader into the marketplace to trade. But by having these tools that allow for the precision and for customers to express um, their their um, opinion on the market outlooks um, for that particular day. Um, and that's pretty powerful. And that that really helps not only the occasional trader, but those who 
and those who rarely trade, but those who trade frequently because they're in a position to be more precise um, with their investment decisions. Dave, I have a broader, almost existential question for you, complete with a pun, as always. Uh, you know, with, with all of these, you know, more precise devices, are, you know, are, these, are more options, pun intended, better for a trader? Uh, is more control always better? Yeah, 100%. Uh, the more optionality you have, the more ways to hedge risk, put on risk, um, and in a shorter duration uh, is just that much more powerful. And it, it actually allows you to trade larger um, than before. So um, you're more confident uh, putting on more risk because you know that you can hedge that risk the following day instead of having to pay uh, a much bigger premium uh, with the only next expiry, which could could have been a, a week out or it used to be a month out. Um, so now you can you can narrow that that risk profile to one day, which is an amazing thing. So uh, for us, we're really excited. And we can't wait for the Thursday option to get on board because we roll every day we're rolling. So this just gives us one more advantage to uh, try and, you know, squeak out some some better returns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know we, we danced around this before, but Ariane, what's, what is the case for trading options on an index like the S&P 500 as opposed to single stocks or ETFs? And uh, you know, first and foremost, um, all products that are available to be traded in the U.S. listed options market um, market environment benefit all investors. Um, that being single stock equity options, your point, ETFs, as well as indices and index options. Um, and there's reasons and rationales at different periods of time where people might be more focused on single stock equities, catalysts and moves, and other times, like the current trading environment, where there's a means and a need for more of a, a broad-based index to be able to, one, manage exposure, hedge exposure, um, and trade around intraday moves. So to the, the latter point, um, you know, it, you know, the S&P 500, S- SPX options is really a way to provide um, a broad, um, you probably provide broad exposure to the useless options marketplace and manage that macro risk attributed to that jurisdiction. The, the, the easy and possibly well-known, um, benefits to utilizing index contracts is that they're cash settled, cash in and cash out when you put it in, and they're also European settled. So trading accounts are credited or debit for the cash they pay or receive when they trade, open and close a position, not like an ETF or a stock share, which there is, you know, um, physically settlement or a stock attributed to that settlement. And then furthermore, um, with regards to American exercise versus European exercise, there's on the benefit of an index option is a European exercise. So there's no risk of an early assignment of that contract. Another key part where we were really listening to our customer demand from an index option perspective is that um, these global geopolitical macro events don't just happen during the U.S. hours. 
People want to have the ability to manage around the clock. Um, and that caused us to extend our trading hours for the S&P and VIX contracts overnight. So the ability for you to start trading an S&P option um, at uh, 8.30 central time through the following day to 4 p.m. Um, is available to you, 4 p.m. central, that is, um, to you now because you there's there's constant need to hedge your risk and adjust your your risk profile um that's um not similar for etf options which are just trade during the normal continuous session of the us market and then lastly um there is a tax treatment benefit um for cash settled index options 60 40 cash treatment as many people know the capital gains may be may benefit from a 60 40 cash treatment under section 1256 of the tax code. Um, but as, as you know, I'm not a tax advisor, so make sure that you consult your tax advisor um, when looking for those benefits with regards to some of the benefits of trading index options. But those are just a couple that came to my mind, Patrick, and um, wanted to make sure we, we went through a couple of the benefits utilizing index options versus ETF and single stock equity options. Good job, Ariane. Uh, that, you, you nailed it on the index uh why that would be more attractive and so yeah i think you know especially like in a situation like today where the market's down 120 again or 130 i'm not even watching but um the uh index captures that whole move if you were to just trade a single stock even if it was a driver of the s p uh you're not necessarily going to get that protection or that exposure that you're looking for in order to protect your your position so it it really de- depends on like what your objective is, right? So uh, it depends on the individual, the the company, what what they're trying to achieve. So if it's uh, like capital preservation, where you're trying to um, protect a portfolio of of stocks, then you know I definitely strongly recommend using index options for protection um you know you can buy puts against it in uncertain times or you can you know what you've heard covered calls you can sell calls against your stock um but it really it it depends on the individual right so in every environment like whatever all regime we're in you have to adapt to it and your strategies may work in one regime but it doesn't work in the next regime so you need to like one identify what regime we're in, um, and then structure positions around that regime. So uh, it's it's ever changing. You have to be able to change uh, your your ways uh, depending on like where ball is tra- trading. So uh, we look at the VIX as an indicator, or sometimes it's a laggard, but like. A lot of times you see the VIX creeping higher, but but like the index, the spoos aren't even moving yet. And that's an indication that something's about to happen. Um, and so then you do have time to like prepare yourself because you, you should make an assumption that if the VIX is creeping higher, the market hasn't reacted yet. We're expecting a, a down move because the VIX, went ra- VIX only goes up when the market goes down. And that's because of skew. So put, we have a elevated put skew. So as the market goes down, 
the ball goes up, as the market goes up, we have a negative call skew. So then the VIX comes in. So um, I wouldn't really like uh, suggest a specific strategy for people other than to just like do your homework and uh, watch and observe and maybe put on some paper trades and see how those perform in different environments. And uh, if they work, then try them on and, you know, uh, small. And then if they keep working, then you can establish a you know bigger position on it. But with the weeklies, it, it provides you a, an easy in and out. So um, you definitely can, you know, play for less if you're like buying options uh, on such a short dated uh, outlook. Uh, it's not going to cost you as much. Uh, what what other questions, Patrick? Uh, well, first I wanted to note that you, um, I liked how you mentioned the adaptability as, you know, the investor must be mindful of, of what the climate is, what the ecosystem is and, and, and be ready to adapt. Uh, so I guess to wrap up here, uh, and, I'll, and Dave, you can take this looking ahead to the rest of the year. How is your firm navigating an uncertain market environment and where do you see potential opportunities for investors uh, and the risks that come with them? Sure. So um, we are projecting for uh, some volatility throughout the remainder of the year. Um, just there's too many, too many unknowns. The market doesn't like uncertainty. So uh, the Russia Ukraine conflict, uh, Fed rates, inflation, uh, supply chain issues. I mean, all these things uh, are creating a little chaos in the marketplace. Uh, market doesn't like that. Uh, so um, just be, be nimble. Uh, for us, we actually enjoy like elevated fall. Uh, so um, but one of the one of the best uh, for us, it, it's 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 fine. Uh, and our area of expertise is like uh, lower delta areas of, of the uh, delta bucket. So um, we're usually not exposed immediately to any uh, undulations, any oscillation of, of the market. But um, but higher vol is, is good for us. We uh, typically... Put on some structures where we collect premium, but we still have net units, so we have protection. Um, so the higher premium we're getting, the better returns we're getting. Um, yeah, I, I would just say be be cautious. Uh, we like yesterday with that huge up move, we definitely didn't think it was justifiable, and so we definitely expected a down move today, not as as extreme or severe as we had because it gave back everything yesterday and then some. So, um, but those are things that this market's going to do right now. And as long as you have an elevated VIX, the VIX is basically essentially telling you that, uh, like yesterday going in, it said we're going to have uh, implied a two and a half percent move in the underlying, and and we did. We actually exceeded that. So realize outperformed. Implied, but typically implied and realized always merge. Um, so the marketplace is pretty sophisticated and they're pretty good at like pricing options. So um, usually just come up with some good structures that could, if you have a bias to direction, 
um, that you think you're you're going to be right on, then you know you just you have to structure it with buying like a put spread if you think to the downside, buying a call spread to the upside, but don't put on too much uh, ex- exposure to, to to risk um, because this market right now is uh, a, a bit chaotic. Yes, couldn't agree more, and I like how you said the you know higher vol is your friend. I think that's an important. It, thing. it can be your friend. It can be your friend. It's not always your friend. So if you ended up selling, you know, ball at, at 15 ball and now it's trading 25 ball, well, if you don't have enough money in your account, you will get a margin call. So you'd be forced to have to cover that. So you don't want that. You always want some gunpowder. So if you do have that kind of strategy, it's scalable. Um, and so you can participate on, in getting some different prints along the way instead of putting all your eggs on one trade. Um, you gotta just be, you know, patient and systematically, you know, be able to trade in and trade out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Gunpowder. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to wrap here. This, this has been, been a blast. Um, first of all, I want to shout out Ariane. I know I looked you up. I know you were, you swam at Penn State, but you really should have been playing team sports with the way you set up David on a couple of those initial questions. I just wanted to give you a shout out there. Um, yes. You were the perfect assist person there. Um, no, but Ariana and Dave, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I, this is a topic I think you know we can keep exploring, especially as this volume and demand continues to rise. So hopefully this isn't the, the last of our conversations. Sounds good. No. Thank you for the time. Yep, so it's been great, Patrick. Thanks for the opportunity to speak a little bit about the, the weekly options. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.